Hey everyone, it's Michael. Before we begin, want to remind you all to join the new Union Sports Goalkeeping Community, a social media network that reimagines how we engage, educate, and entertain one another. To download free, go to www.theunionsports.com or the Union Community on Apple or Google Play stores. Thanks for making the Union possible, and on with the show. Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Majid, live from the Union headquarters on this virtual background (laughs) with me. (laughs) Palm Desert, California, actually. I'm in Palm Desert, for Thanksgiving with me. You know her as 99 World Cup winner, Suskia Weber, getting ready for her Turkey Day festivities tomorrow and joining us before he's too stuffed with turkey, we've got Hartford Athletic goalkeeper Jimmy Slayton, who, Jimmy, I've heard y- you are a goalkeeper mind, according to your former pro goalkeeper coach. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. Uh, hopefully I can live up to those uh, high expectations set, but yeah, I'm looking forward to talking with you guys. I'm a little scared. <laughs> me too me too oh, i'm a little nervous goalkeeper mind okay i mean that's what, literally what he said so shout out to jake davis uh who's now at houston dynamo but he was at hartford athletic for a minute and uh when i asked jake if he could come on the show this week he says he got a lot, a lot of stuff going on in houston but he's got the perfect goalkeeper mind for us to have and he sent me jimmy's information and uh, and I at first I was like, oh, is he like a coach or something like that? He's like, no, he's a 23 year old goalkeeper. I'm like, wow, okay, so this guy's like a savant. What's that's going oh, on right man. there? Oh, man. Shout, shout out to Jake Davis. Absolutely, a lot to live up to right now. All right, let's a lot to live up to. All right, all right. So 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 Jimmy, break break down goalkeeping for us, just in a, a <laughs> from the beginning. <laughs> from the beginning, yeah, the... we're not going to say anything. It's on you <laughs> for an hour. Right, so go. It's an art, uh, and that's it. That's it. That's all I've got. <laughs> um. In all honesty, Jay, uh, Jimmy, the, one, one of the really cool things about this is uh, we were talking about this earlier on the air. For people who are not familiar with Jimmy, Jimmy plays at Hartford Athletic, which is in the USL Championship. Um, and uh, he actually grew up like 10 minutes from the stadium. And how cool an experience is that to be able to come back and play? You literally played at the University of Hartford, and now you're playing at Hartford Athletic, like right down the street. It, it's been special. Um, I've always been very close with my family, very tied to the roots here in Connecticut and the Hartford area. Um, and, and I had a feeling that at some point in my pro career, I, I'd be back in the area. Um, I've been excited for, for that point. I really have enjoyed my time here. Um, and it's just been special. Like, who wouldn't want to play in front of their friends, family, and, and for the community, really? I, I don't even sit, like to say play in front of, but playing for the people that have brought – I love – my my circle and they got me to where i where i am today so i i love putting on a show for them and hopefully performing to the best of my abilities for them you know it's 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 funny that you said that because actually uh the one and only suskia weber also got this opportunity in her career to finally go back home and play nearby suskia what, what was that experience like i mean obviously i know it I wasn't mean, I, the 
I yeah, went to Rutgers because I wanted the uh, same reason. I went to Rutgers because I wanted to stay near home. I I needed to get at least 30 minutes away. So I didn't go to Princeton because <laughs> 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 I figured, all right, I, I can't have my parents walking to my dorm. Um <laughs> So uh, I went. I went up the street to Rutgers, but you know it is amazing to to keep your friends and family and your community involved uh, throughout your career, and that was one of my big reasons for staying in New Jersey to play. Yeah, you know, and, and, you know, when when you said that right there. By the way, Jimmy, I mean the Hartford thing. Like, you know, was that one of the reasons why you chose Hartford, or was did you just feel like that was the best situation for you right now as as a as a burgeoning pro? Yeah, I mean, I there were a lot of factors that went into it. Um, honestly, I coming off an injury my second year in Salt Lake, the the market for a guy coming off a, a torn hamstring wasn't too hot. Um, so it was it was kind of an interesting journey. It was the first time I'd been a free agent as a pro um, and just able to sign anywhere. But the draw of Hartford was certainly always there. My connection was always there, and I was looking at the club. I it was one of the clubs I had on my list of places I wanted to be. Um, and it ended up working out perfectly. It's awesome. See now, now Stan Anderson just put a comment in the comment section right here. And, Hi, and, and Stan. we have a little bit of a, a connection to this, uh, this person right here as well too. So he goes, Jimmy, you have a true legend in Dan Gaspar working with you at the moment. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Dan, Dan was, uh, able to take over after Jake came in. He volunteered his time for a while before, uh, inking a contract with, with the club. Um, but no, Dan. Dan has been a great supporter of my career, my my time as a, a goalkeeper, really from from early on. Um, probably once I started to get on University of Hartford's radar, that's when Dan started coming into the picture, and he supported me. He's been a great mentor, great great person to learn from, both on and off the field. He's he's been great for me. Um, so I, I thoroughly enjoyed having him around. Hi, Dan. <laughs> and it's all it's all the East Coast, Mike. It's uh, Dan was uh, I trained with Dan as well. I'm sorry if that ages you, Dan. <laughs> because he people can Google and find out how old I am. But um, trained with Dan as well. Um, don't let him talk you into like taking those photos for power diving for his camps. Like, don't let him do it. <laughs> we're covering that from that for the rest of my life. Um, oh, <laughs> like, no, Dan was. I helped about that's it, like uh, infamous in like those photos of you <laughs> flying over five people that are bent over that that perfect that parallel perfect photo. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You love, you love it. No, he it, working it. at a PA, it was it was great, and I communicated very clearly to Dan what I was there to do, which was <laughs> and not demonstrate anything. That <laughs> was my offside. <laughs> I wasn't gonna hop in and demo anything. I was there to coach. Exactly. Um, let the kids let the kids believe you can do it. Yes. Yes. I don't. I don't need. See, to you that. are a savant. You're only 23, and you already know this. It took me. It took me until my 30s to know that, and finally, I went up to. I was at playing pro for New York. I had a little 20, a 22 year old goalkeeper. She's trying to show her stuff and she's like, let's do power diving. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, I'm going in to see the trainer and practice is over, but have at it. Go ahead and go power diving. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, ice bath for the next six months, right? Yeah. 
Oh my God. No, uh, Jimmy, I want to talk to you about uh, that actually, because you know, when you're talking about being a goalkeeper mind, you know, I didn't say you said that Jake Davis said that about you as, as a goalkeeper mind, <laughs> but you know, obviously you're the type of person that is cheap trying to work on just not, not yourself just as a goalkeeper, but understanding the position in general. And obviously, you know, working camps and, you know, doing privates and group sessions and all that sort of stuff in the off season, how much does that benefit you as a player too? Yeah, I think, I think it's very beneficial. Um, being involved with the game is, and especially at both the playing and coaching level, um, it forces you to not only take all this information in as a coach, but then view other people doing it. Obviously in training, if I'm told to do something, I, I look at it and I try and take it in and I try and perform it. And yeah, we can watch film back and all that. But when you actually can see the adjustments a goalkeeper has to make that you're working with, um, that you're looking to make within yourself, um, it's a pretty interesting process on how to build those good habits and develop those different techniques. Um, mm. It's been very beneficial for me in terms of, again, learning how to communicate with different people, motivate certain people to do certain things. Um, so it's, it's been a very well-rounded approach and, and certainly a lot of parallels between coaching and playing. And, and I, I love running my privates. I love working with groups of small groups of goalkeepers because there's such a, uh, a beneficial side to it both in terms of just being fulfilling, working with kids mm -hmm. and, and sharing my knowledge and experience, but also understanding how I can improve and seeing sometimes kids have the best answers. They may say, well, this feels better, or they may innocently suggest something and it might be right. It might be something to pursue or look, dive deeper into. So mm -hmm. I think there's, tons of benefits in areas where you can translate it from one area to the other. No, dude, I, I love what you just said right there. I mean, you know, Saskia, you know, we, we've talked about this on, on the show, you know, that the young goalkeepers, you know, and I'm, I'm throwing you in the young goalkeeper uh, category, Thanks. despite the fact that <laughs> all oh, of you guys, I was talking to Jim, I was talking to Jim, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but no you know um I'm, I'm throwing you in there because obviously you know you're still you know playing and everything like that but um that young goalkeepers you know who pursue you know coaching um while they're still playing and everything like that they develop a lot of these leadership qualities that you might not necessarily get if you're just in an environment where you're you're taking in information right. well, well yeah i mean anytime you you put it you're put into a teaching role you're learning how to communicate with people and different people that react differently and to different types of communication, different types of motivation and everything. I think what, like a good example, I think, okay, let's take like the spin move, like whether you get up with the kick or you get up with a spin move. I think like for me having to teach both when I was always taught, you know, you just like, you know, the kick and up into a set position and everything back in the day, but now there are other options. And to actually have to teach both and actually have to see when to, to utilize one or the other or what, what goalkeeper benefits from it and what goalkeeper doesn't um, teaches you as well. And you as a goalkeeper, if I was still playing, I'd be like, hmm, maybe I need to kind of incorporate this into my game too, you know? And I think that, that those are things you can take from at your age uh, teaching because you're teaching yourself at the same time. By the way, Jimmy, I thought you were wa walking example. off for a second. I thought you were just taking off right He's there. Like, whatever, like, Sasuke, shut like, up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm not listening to no, this. No, just adjusting. Just, 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 <laughs> no, I, I'm complete. I love what you said as well. It's, I think it's huge. 
I'm, I'm, not right, that I'm, not that I'm telling you to, to, to do it. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I understand what you're saying by you're learning from, you learn from kids as much as they learn from you. Period. Yeah. And uh, Jimmy, I love one thing that you said about that in regards to like the innocence of kids, because I think sometimes we're so involved in goalkeeping that we're seeing things in a specific way. But kids are not because they're exploring and they're learning and they're figuring things out. So they might think of something outside of the box and you're like, wow, that was actually really efficient. Right. How? I never thought of it that way. <laughs> Maybe there's something to that. Yeah, so, I mean, so, I sometimes that happens. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> depending on the. I age. think it's especially when when it is the older kids, like yeah, <laughs> being a younger goalkeeper. My first year with um, I don't know if you've spoken with Mirza Harambasic um over with the Monarchs in Salt Lake. Um, me and him go way back, and we've had a really good personal relationship, professional relationship, and in sessions, it'd be like he'd present something, and I'd be like, hey, like what about this? And he was always so open to it. He was always so like, oh, okay, like, let's talk about it. Sit down in the office, break it down. And that communication, I think the connection with the goalkeeper coach is so important. Someone that's willing to listen and hear out. Okay, well, I love what I hear what you're saying. It maybe doesn't work for me. So what's an alternative? Or this might be my idea yeah. of an alternative. And then that open communication helps so much. I mean, mm -hmm. that's changed my path and development and all that. And Jake was the same way. I think, I think it's really, really huge to have that connection and whether it be a smaller age gap or whatever it is i think the willingness to grow and learn from both the coach and the player creates this mm. environment where there's so much ability to be dynamic and have this really unique approach dude, dude, mm. you just you just you just made my head explode right there jimmy because i never even i never no i never thought about it's not that, that hard I mean, it, happens, it happens very often. It happens very often. Look, I just drove three and a half hours to Palm oh, whatever. Thanksgiving. Just stop it. You have stop any it. idea of what the traffic was like? It's the Nobody worst day to travel. Nobody told you to leave when you did. Just stop. I did do my, I did do my show. I had my comedy show last night. I couldn't leave on Tuesday. Um, but, but I never thought about the fact that, that coaching can actually adjust how you behave with your goalkeeper coach because you've been on the other side and because you've been on the other side now you can understand how to convey information and maybe a way the timing when's the right time because you've been on the other side if that makes any sense right yeah rhetorical yeah. was that rhetorical i didn't think rhetorical. so i thought there was... it was yeah was it gosh <laughs> yeah. darn it it's okay. I, I, no, but I, I think it, it does. It teaches you communication, which is what we went back to saying from the beginning mm -hmm. and, and how to communicate and express what you're trying to get across because you're teaching. And so that translates into when you have to express something to your coach, um, you're going to be better for it and better at it. And, and obviously having a coach that will sit down with you and say, okay, you have the ability in that open line of communication to sit down and say, this isn't working for me. Like, what are the other options? Like, what about this? And what about that? And you're not with a coach that says, no, my way or the highway. No, you have to do it this way. Because as we said a thousand times, goalkeeping is a gray area. Right. Jimmy, I want to ask you that, that question right now because this just came to my head right now. And obviously we have a lot of pros on the show and we have pro goalkeeper coaches a lot on the show as well, too. And you're, you're, you're still relatively young in your professional career, and, and but you went through college the entire way through. I know a lot of people nowadays take an MLS you know, development route, but, but you went all the way through college. Do you feel that your relationship now with a goalkeeper coach is different than it was when you were playing in college? It's an interesting question for me because my – first two and a half years were with Mirza 
Um, mm. So I was fortunate enough to work with him from an early age. And I certainly saw our relationship change um, between college and pro because he also went from college to pro and his development and mindset and the way he presented things certainly changed. After Mirza left, we didn't really have a consistent goalkeeper coach. We had a Hartford athletic guy come in and help Jacob Lissick. And we had Paul Armstrong, who's, who's with Keeper Stop. He would help out here and there. But we never – it was more of a how can I serve you, Jimmy? What do you want to see? And I don't think that was necessarily good for my development. Um, and that wasn't a issue with their coaching style. It was more of the role that they were brought into. They were going right. to be part-time. It was to keep me sharp. It wasn't necessarily to develop me because they didn't have the time or role to do that. Um, with Mirza, I saw him flourish and grow from, uh, I think he was 25 when he started with us at Hartford. And you saw him build his confidence. You saw him build how dynamic his sessions could be and how involved they could be with distribution, every every level of goalkeeping. Um and, and kind of develop like, okay, we're going to watch film. We're going to prepare this way. We're going to incorporate plyometrics. We're going to okay. incorporate all this and that. Um, so I, I think the relationship with, I don't think there's necessarily a difference in what level you're at. I think it's a difference in just the relationship with the coach itself. Yeah. I think it's really important what you said, because I think a, a, you get a lot of goalkeeper coaches that c would come into a pro situation. And it's a good point. Like, what is the role that you were brought in to do? Are you here if you're part time? Um, what are you here just to keep you sharp, which means set up some drills, knock some balls, do some footwork and stuff? Or are you an advanced enough goalkeeper coach that you can still develop your goalkeepers while you're keeping them sharp? And right. and you know and there there is a fundamental difference there, and and to see your goalkeeper coach like kind of for himself transition into that role as well like yeah we all grow there was a time that I was a young goalkeeper coach and I was like okay I'll set up some drills and hit some balls you know to the point that now it's like okay I need to break down what you're doing wrong and work that into this drill and 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 really work on both at the same time. Wait, Suska, I've known you for a long time. There is no way that you are ever like, I'll just set up some drills and hit some balls. <laughs> the opinionated human being you are, there is no way that you are just going to go Okay, well, okay, it's a good point. But I would say that I've gotten better at um, developing, more intense, if that's scary enough, at developing and, and keeping somebody sharp at the same time. But you're right. It's true. That's true. <laughs> but I, I think you, 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 you know, you, you both have brought up a good point in regards to like place and time in regards to like when you, when you bring up information and obviously, you know, Jimmy, you know, there's different resources at different schools and different pro teams and depending on the level that you're at and everything. But I think a lot of times, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jimmy, a lot of times it comes from the top. It's like, you know, the, mm -hmm. the manager, you know, will be like, this is what I want the goalkeeper coach to do as opposed right. to like just free reign to do whatever you want. But if the, you know, the head coach is like, I want you to work on blah, 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 blah. That's why I hired you. I didn't hire you to do blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. That's, I, I, it's always interesting to see that. And, and just kind of as a, a segue from that tab, tab Ramos who came in late in the season, he was very candid in our meetings. He's like, I don't know goalkeeping. Yeah. I, I know a little bit here and there, but I'm going to let you guys do your goalkeeper stuff and I'm going to stay out of it. I, this is what I want from you. This is my expectation. This is what I like in the role, but you guys train how you got to train. And I, I thought that was really big of him mm -hmm. to just like, it wasn't like an ego thing. It wasn't, 
I'm the manager. I'm going to do it this way. But he was like, look, that's not my area of expertise. Mm -hmm. I'm a field player. That's my background. And that's what I'm really good at. I'm going to stick to that. And I'm going to tell you, you need to do this and you need to perform that well. But whatever you have to do to get there is what you can do. Let let the goalkeeper coach manage it. Yeah, I'm laughing because I'm thinking about the Japan game today. (laughs) And just listening, Lexi, love you. We went to college together and everything. But nobody on that panel, nobody at halftime knew what they were talking about when it came to goalkeeper, other than Lexi (laughs) saying, other than other than Lexi saying, Oh, we got his big paw there, you know, and I love you, Lexi. But you know, Mike, if you know me and if if anybody knows me, I'm over here going, hold the ball. (laughs) Like like, or at least outside of the six like like stop knocking the ball down you know to germany or i mean not to germany but yeah to germany stop stop just stop and so I was like, but like just to hear lexi here i love kelly smith i played against her and you know um and carly and everything but i was just like please somebody just say something that like catch the ball japan like <laughs> like please your your positioning's off like nobody says anything and it drove me crazy so i was thinking about you saying that with tab at least he could admit, like, I don't know anything about goalkeeping, but yeah. I would have loved Alexi to say, I don't know anything about goalkeeping, but I think maybe you should have held on to the ball right here. Oh, like, my God. <laughs> oh, you my know, God. You, you could have heard me screaming from, from the desert saying. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I, will say, I will say this, though. So when I, I, when I did talk to Lex about potentially coming onto the show, he says, ah, you want me to speak about the necessary evil. So uh... <laughs> I love Lexi and he's so opinion, but I had to throw him under the bus on that. I just, ex- I, the Paul comment, I'm like, okay, I use that term too, but just add a little something in there. Somebody <laughs> like, give a little um, bit um, more detail on it. Explain thanks, it a little bit. Right? Just a little bit. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. Jimmy, you're, you're a GK mind. Before we move on to, onto the topic here and the topic is going to be about our earning a contract. Um, you know, since you are a goalkeeper mind, what have you thought of the goalkeeping so far in the world cup? We're three days in. Four days in now. Um, I think there's been a lot of good moments and a lot of bad moments. Um, I think just watching watching the U.S. game, especially, really focused on Matt Turner's play. Um, being a guy that went to school in Connecticut, I wanted to go to Fairfield at one point, and he was there. Um, but such an unbelievable shot stopper, comfortable with his feet. And mm-hmm. I think an area of the game where every goalkeeper struggles, or maybe not struggles, but not many guys will say, this is my bread and butter crosses dealing with services into the box it's such a challenging aspect especially with all the differences in where it's being served from all these cutback spaces all these more narrow angles where we don't have time to process the information I think that's such a problematic area in goalkeeping and and obviously you could only do so much to train it because there's such little time um so it's just a matter of repetition 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 but I think there's been a lot of good moments um I'm sure Kaylor Navas isn't happy with seven um but no, I, I think uh, that was rough. Whoa. That was rough this morning. <laughs> that was yeah. rough this morning. It was rough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to see who starts to step up in big moments. So, you know, Ochoa is yeah. going to be sick every World Cup. He'll just show up, disappear for four years playing. But, uh, yeah, if I was Ochoa, <laughs> I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even play on a pro team. I wouldn't even play on a club no. team. I would just say no. I am the national team goalkeeper. <laughs> Give me a yearly salary to play for Mexico, and that's what I that's do. It. I'll, I'll I play in big tournaments. That's all I do. <laughs> no friendlies. No friendlies. No friendlies. Yeah. Just yeah. Well, moments. that well, the near post by by uh, Japan. Oh. Yeah. Did you see Courtois this morning, Susk? 
any chance? Yeah. You did? Okay. Uh, half awake. And so, <laughs> yes, I just, uh, we'll see how the goalkeeping develops. I agree with you 100% on the cross. I agree with you 100% on the crosses. And I think that we've seen, we've seen it be a struggle. Um, and, you know, we'll go back to youth. And, and, and obviously these guys are the best in the world and everything. So train it, train it, train it, train it. But if we talk about youth goalkeeping and stuff, nobody ever trains it. Because why? Because youth players can't hit a cross. And so they can't. They can't hit a cross. Like you can't get a normal session in with crosses. Um, like the kind of services, like driven balls, that's what that's what it is now. It's not the lofted ball that, you know, you know, the jugs machine would do or something like that. Like, or it's it's literally just different types of balls into different spaces. And young kids can't hit those balls. And so they don't, so coaches don't train it. And, and so then to all of a sudden get into the college system or get into like, you know, the pro academies and here come crosses and stuff where I think goalkeepers are behind the mark on it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I want to add on to that, you know, uh, Suske, I think you brought up a good point in that. And I saw Jimmy's face kind of go like, you know, kids can't hit crosses and Jimmy's like, oh yeah, I can't. Those times <laughs> I've, I've, I've put a session together and I'm like, this looks awesome on paper. And I saw the I saw Manchester City do this this weekend, and I think it's going to look awesome. So, Let's like, go back then, to hand then, service, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just toss it or get the jugs machine out. It's just yeah. a nightmare. It's a nightmare. I've done it. I've put a session together for like for what was supposed to be like college ID camps, and I had to tank it because nobody could hit a cross. And I'm like, I don't even know what to do. Sad, sad reality behind it. Yeah. But but I think I think that is you know one of the things there that that comes into play and you know putting your coaching hat on here right here Jimmy is that I think a lot of times as goalkeeper coaches I don't think that field coaches understand the fact that like they're like make these realistic sessions make these realistic sessions yeah but you you can't have any players like we're just gonna just use the goalkeepers for this I'm like like as much as I'm sure they're working on their skills serving a ball and everything like that. They don't hit the ball the same. They just don't. They don't no, hit the no. ball the same. No, because they're taught that time. They, yeah. it's no pressure. It's and, totally different. Uh, you could ask Jake. You could, you could ask him how I feel about all that stuff. But <laughs> how how my body language might change a little bit. But I certainly uh, <laughs> can't say I'm a fan. Maybe I get a little bit frustrated. When that <laughs> oh yeah, no, no. We'll do we'll do corners, just attacking set pieces without defenders in the picture. Jimmy, just come out for what you want. It's like, okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, then you just develop it, and then Ben, especially like you're a pro. There's one thing because you understand, you know, process of oh, I'll come out for a few, the ones that are realistic for me to come out for. I'll drop back online for the ones that I would never come out for in realistic in a realistic scenario. Young you're kids, yourself. yeah, right. young kids don't understand that they try to go for every ball. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it just develops those bad habits, and then you come to the goalkeeper exactly. session. Exactly. Like, oh, where'd this come from? Oh, we've got a whole bad habit to break down and build exactly. back up. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of bad habits, uh, one thing you don't want to do is develop bad habits in college because that's not the way that you earn a professional contract. You see that segue into today's topic right here, guys? Brilliant. <laughs> good, good job. Good job, Mike. I, I do. I do what I can, and I'm very impressed with myself. Um, uh, today's topic, guys, <laughs> is is earning a contract. Uh, one of the reasons we wanted to have Jimmy on to talk about this topic is because uh, you were in a situation, obviously, uh, where you were at Monarchs. Um, you've had some health issues, you know, post post college, and you had to 
fight your way back to, to earning a contract. And, and I, I spoke to, you know, somebody anonymously and, and they said that, you know, you were, you know, you said you were humble and you're like, I'll come in there, you know, but I'm going to prove to you that, that I deserve a contract and that I'm the number one, uh, Jimmy, for maybe like some of the parents out there that don't know what we mean by earning a contract, like what do we mean by earning a contract? Yeah. I mean, every level you go, there's, there's nothing given to you anymore. Um, as you get older, um, contracts aren't handed out because talent can be off the charts. But if you, you don't have those people start to look at more than talent, they start to look at, okay, how is their professionalism? How do they treat teammates? How do they treat coaches? Are they coachable? What can they do to keep developing and be better? Cause talent isn't, it's just not enough anymore. Uh, once you get to the college and professional level, um, you need to have the talented mindset. You need to be able to work on your craft. And some people might be given a chance. You get about one of those if you are the 1% of the 1%. Mm-hmm. But, but in my experience, it was, okay, well, who do I have to talk to? How many gym sessions do I have to do? How many extra training sessions do I have to do? How many combines do I have to fly to? How many, how many trials do I have to go through? Um, and when it comes down to it, performance is, is king. If you can't perform, if you can't show well when it matters, you, you don't earn anything. You, get a, you earn a trip back home. So mm-hmm. um, contracts only come if you, you really put in the work and perform and, like you said, earn it. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's awesome that you said that because what <clears throat> the, the difference between you and another keeper is not that great. And so what's going to set you, what's going to set you aside? And so is it your work ethic? Is it how you get along with your teammates? Is it how you travel? Is it if you're playing in another country that you can like assimilate to it and you're fine with the food and you don't bitch and like, st- no, those are important things because you'll get a ticket home because you're not, unless you're super special, which is rare and not saying you're not super special. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, I'm saying that the difference between you and another keeper, those are the things that can set you aside and, I mean, look, and, and make you want, make an organization want to keep you. Yeah. yeah I, I, w- I want to use an example right now. Who's, who's been on the show before, you know, and obviously, you know, now he's at Arsenal is now he's starting in the world cup. I mean, you know, you can't really get to a higher level than that right there, but Matt Turner, Matt Turner, who was at Fairfield and he had to earn his position at Fairfield. And then he had to earn his position as a pro too, because you know, when he came in, he was not a sought after. I think he was just a a training camp invite, you know, but like you were saying, Jimmy, you know, if you come in there and you have a certain mindset, you're going, they're going to, you're going to earn what you deserve basically, essentially. Well, they won't be able to deny that. They won't be able to use anything as an excuse. You can't give somebody an excuse to send you home. Like we can look at Casey Murphy and Casey is the same mentality. Sasuke, what do I have to do? Extra training sessions, extra coaches. What do I have to do to set myself apart? She went to France. She came back. You know, now she's with the national team and starting for Carolina. But she set herself above and beyond. And don't give them an excuse. Hey, you know what? You're not putting in the extra effort. You're not trying to better yourself you're just showing up for practice and, and clocking in and clocking out well that's not enough it's yeah. not no that's a, that that's a good that's a good point right there i mean jimmy i you were talking about obviously you know uh doing in the extra gym sessions and all that sort of thing and and you know obviously you had the experience where you were fortunate where a, a goalkeeper coach that you were familiar with found an opportunity for you as well too at the professional level but yep. 
at what point in your collegiate career did you say, you know what, I really do want to take a stab at this. I know it's not going to be easy. And what did you kind of put into play prior to this? Because I think a lot of young players, Suskia, they just go like, oh, my senior year just wrapped up. Now what do I do? Oh, I want to be a pro. Seriously. Yeah. Um, I mean, I always wanted to be a pro. I wanted to be a pro athlete through and through since I was tiny. Uh, I wanted to be a play for the Red Sox first. Um, <laughs> wanted to be a baseball player. Um, You're only 23. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. A good time. Um, <laughs> um, but as as I realized soccer was was my passion and my best sport, um, I was like, I'm going to be a pro. I'm going to be D1. I'm going to be a pro. I'm going to keep going. Um, now, that's a very different mindset than I'm going to be a pro. And I'm going to do everything I can to earn it because my mm-hmm. freshman year, I going into the spring season and a college season is not fun. Um, it sucks. It's, it's brutal. It's terrible. It's every bad thing possible because you don't get to play all the time. You don't right. get to play. You're in the weight room. You're just getting killed. Um, <laughs> and I, I didn't do well with that. That was my first time really having to dig to a whole nother level. Um, and it, it taught me a lot. I grew a ton. You could, you could ask Mirza. He was there. He saw me. We had conversations in the office like, hey, you got to dig deeper. You can't do that if you want to be like our guy. And the expectation was set very high for by me, by them. And if I fell below it, they'd tell me. Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted to hear that because it, it pushed me further. It didn't hurt me. Um, right. And and kind of as I went along, sophomore year got a little bit better with it. junior year. I, again, after, I think it was after my sophomore season, I, I had a shoulder surgery and I was like, oh, well, I've got to catch up. I've got to do more to catch up. And then junior spring, I was like, I've got one more go at this. Right. I am going to be in the gym. I'm going to be stronger than ever. I'm going to be faster than ever, more athletic than ever. And, and you just kind of realize that you're running out of room. You're running out of time. <clears throat> um, and you don't get to, if you only have seven days a week, you're not going to get 45 sessions anymore. You might get seven, you might get right. five. Um, so you, you, I got to the point where I just realized that I needed to do more with the time that I did have because I couldn't, I couldn't make more time. Right. Um, so you, you really just have to value what you have and listen to your body. You don't want to overtrain to the point where you don't have a body to give anymore, but um, you certainly want to put yourself in a position where, where you grind. And, and I think I probably sophomore junior year is when I really realized what it took, what I was going to have to do and, and how I can get there. That, that was when it really kind of took over. It's amazing when that switch flips and, and as a coach, even to watch it happen to players, because we can't make it happen. And you know that now coaching as well, as much as you want to, but that is an internal switch that has to flip that you, that a player gets it. And I, we can set up the training sessions. We can do everything and try to motivate. But unless you flip that switch, I think of Lauren Brisky at UCLA and her after my first year with her, um, she went home for summer and I'm not, you know, obviously not allowed to train. We're not allowed to train them. And it switched on her and she came back fit as can be and so much quicker. And she did it. And she realized that when she's away from the team, what it takes that, that time, what time, what am I, what do I want to do here? 
And um, and she made that switch and and watching that happen and now seeing the goalkeeper that she's becoming. And I know she'll go in the draft and, you know, go pro and she'll have multiple options and hopefully win a national championship in the next two weeks. But um, watching that switch, it's awesome. That's no, up to you players out there, though. No, <laughs> and, 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 and I, I love the fact that you brought that up, Saskia, because I think a lot of a lot of parents, especially at the oh, youth yes. level, <laughs> especially at the youth how can, level, well, well, how can I get my kid to be more motivated? How can I get my kid to want to do this? Like you got to, kids got to want to do it. I go. <laughs> Here's Dan Abraham's cell phone number. Contact him because <laughs> I'm not going to be able to solve this problem. How about that? Um, no, but 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 in reality, Jimmy, obviously, you know, you you work with youth players now. You know, I mean, the the parents who come up to you and go, you know what can I do to help my, you know, son or daughter, you know, get to the next level. And it's a, it's a tough conversation because there's only so much you can do other than give information and right. try to give them and, and try to put them on the right path, but it's up to the player. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've had a lot of conversations with that part of my, my movement back to the East coast from the West, uh, from Utah. I wanted to retain a lot of the people I worked with. I wanted to keep working with them in some um, way. So I, I've done film analysis and I've done mentor sessions. So talking about the mentality towards it and whether it be with the parent, whether it be with both the parent and the kid, whatever it is. But I, I constantly, my conversations with parents are, you need to be supportive of what they need. Um, because you probably can't make them do something. And if you do, they might burn out. Um, mm -hmm. You don't want to coddle them and just make it easy on them. But you need to do whatever you can to support them in the best way you know how, because parents aren't going to have all the answers. I'm not going to have all the answers. The kid's mm -hmm. not going to have all the answers. But if you provide an environment where they can ask questions, they can thrive, they can tell you when and when not to pull the gas, uh, push the gas pedal. And there's times where a parent might say, well, you have to push a little bit more. Finding that balance is, mm -hmm. has been the most successful thing that I've seen with parents and kids and their relationship in terms of training and developing. Yeah. And you know, parents out there, soccer training is not always the answer. It's not more yeah. goal. It's not necessarily more goalkeeping. No, <laughs> you know, just like it's not necessarily more running or more like it's, it's finding where the deficiencies are and utilizing all different aspects, whether it's in the weight room, we were just talking um, last podcast about, I was with the track coach to work on my explosiveness at Rutgers and like, who would have thought of that? You know what I mean? Like I, like, that's what I used to do. I used to train with the basketball team to do footwork and handling like, yeah. like there are a lot of different ways to, and it, it was fun. Like, like, you know, it was different. I don't want to, I didn't want to just be in the goal all the time. I want to do something different that still worked on those skills. So, you know, there are a lot of, there are different ways to answer the questions. But I, I mean, I think one thing too, is that, and I, I, this, this is, this is something to be said to every college recruiting program out there which by I the way I, I suck at basketball I just wanted you guys I want to I want I want to, I, you know regardless of what my feelings are on on most of the college recruiting programs out there but I want anybody out there who's trying to help a player get to the collegiate level or the professional level to please stop when people ask you you know can you know you know oh I'm going to make you a pro I'm going to make you a college because you can't you cannot control that. That is an uncontrollable, 
All you can do is, is put the wheels in motion and it's up to the person to put themselves in that type of situation that if there's an opportunity for them to play at that level, they get that opportunity, but you can't say with, 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 without a shadow of a doubt that you can do that. And, and I'm, I'm just even striking like there's um, I was just watching a documentary recently uh, on, and Jimmy, this is before your time. So I don't know if you've heard of him. There was a guy named Shay Cotton um, who, uh, who at was considered LeBron James before there was a LeBron James, like at like 11 years old, they anointed this guy as like the next Michael Jordan, basically. Uh, this was in the nineties and he never played in the NBA. He never played in the NBA and you see what his parents were having him do at 10 or 11 years old. He basically mm -hmm. lost his childhood because they were, tr because they were convinced they were going to make a NBA player mm -hmm. and, and they can't control, they can't control that. So make sure that there's balance guys for any, any parents out there listening so that these kids still enjoy and they ex enjoy the experience too, you know, because yeah. Jimmy, as you can say now, it's a job now for you. It's a, job, you know, it's yeah. a fun job, but it's a job. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You've got to enjoy what you're doing and you've got to enjoy the process. You have to learn to love the process because if you don't love the process, you're not going to get, I didn't love the process my freshman year of college. And it, that's why I struggled. Then mm -hmm. I learned, Oh man, I love being in the gym because this is going to let me do what I want to do. Right. And you have to learn to appreciate it and grow with it. It's, there's going to be a lot of bad moments too, but there's mm -hmm. going to be, that, that's what you have to do to get those bright times. All right. So Jimmy, right before we, uh, I, and I want to share your demo reel, uh, because I think this will be a lot, I think this will be a lot of fun for people to check out to say like, all right, well, he's talking a good game, but let's see some of his actions. Let's see what it takes. <laughs> thank thank God. Thank God social media and stuff didn't exist when I was, <laughs> again, you're just the lure. It's like, I can do all of it. Just kids and everybody believe it. I never have to demo or anything. Just tell them. Just tell them. And the V and the V the V VCRs are non-existent, and the VHS tapes are God knows where. This is hey, but, here, this, but Jimmy, this is the great thing about living about living in your home living in your playing in your hometown is that you know when the kids that you're working with you know when they say oh well you know you know you you sh you know you show me how to do it it's like okay well ten minutes down the street you can go to the exactly. stadium and see me on Friday yeah. night yeah, come on I'll it. give you a ticket <laughs> yeah. exactly sit behind the goal yeah um. I, I want to ask you really quickly, you know, um, because you, you know, you were deciding that you did want to go the professional route and everything like kind of what, what are the things that, you know, a player who is in that position where like professional might be a possibility should get in motion while they're still in their senior season? Um, the, it's never too early to prepare. It's never too early to start having those conversations, asking the questions um, in terms of, you have to stay eligible. You can't be talking to the wrong people that are going to put you jeopardize your senior season. Um, but have conversations with people that may, maybe like, maybe you talk to somebody that knows an agent or you're not signing anything, but you, you start to just ask questions, learn, ask questions, learn the process, understand what you're going to get into. Um, college coaches, if they don't know the answer, they will get the answer for you. If you treat them with respect, if you have a good relationship, they want to see you go pro because one, it's good for you. It's good for them. It's good for the program. It's good for everybody. Um, but you just have to ask questions and learn. A couple of my friends that I played with in college want to go pro and they, they ask me questions. They ask what the process was like. And I was like, look, I just talked to everybody I could. Anytime I could go anybody, anytime I can afford to go out and fly to a combine or something like that, I would play for as many people as I could just to show, Hey, take a chance on me. Give me a, give me an opportunity. And 
with those opportunities, I'll turn it into what I turn it into. But you're not going to, you're not going to look at me and be like, Oh man, this guy just wasted it because he didn't work hard. Maybe if I wasn't up to the level they wanted. Okay. But I was going to go in and, and do everything I could to show them that I, I could bring something to the table. Yeah. Don't expect, don't sit back and expect the front doorbell to ring. Yeah. GMs like, aren't it, calling it, you. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen if you want to be an actor or a singer or anything. It doesn't happen. You have to, you have to put yourself out there and do the legwork and show people, you know, squeak wheel gets, the, you know, gets the oil, whatever it's called. Yeah. I, I think it was, um, it was like at the mid season point, I Mirza was out with the Academy with the Monarchs or RSL. And he was like, he was just checking in on me and he's like, look, you're, you're turning a pretty good season. Like, keep it up and we can have a conversation down the road. I might have an opportunity coming up. I just, I, that was a conversation that happened. I wasn't expecting it to turn into anything. And, and it's like, those are going to happen and you have to keep going. You can't, I couldn't be like, Oh, sick. All right. I'm done half season. I had the conversation. I'm ready. I'm basically signed. No, I was like, oh, well, even, that's coming from one of my good friends who may or may not be coming in the industry. And he said, I have to keep performing. Bless you. Um, Thank you. So it's like, there's, there's never a point where you can turn it off, even with right. people no. that you know forever. I, I love what you just said right there, Jimmy, because I can't tell you how many, how many goalkeepers I've seen you know, whether they're juniors or seniors, they start getting on these draft boards or, you know, on these bullet, you know, on these articles and the rankings and all that sort of stuff. And they think like, well, I'm good. I'm good. Cause no, I'm on the Herman. No, you know, I'm on the watch list and blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. So they think that they're, they've, that they've done all the work that they need to do. And then they, they, you know, if they're fortunate enough to get involved with the, in, invited to the combine, they're not ready for it because they, they, they thought it was kind of already in the bag. Johnny Manziel. <laughs> Johnny Manziel, yeah. Oh that my is God. Ex Johnny exact Johnny Football, exact example of what we're talking about. Think that uh, you can just go, I've done it. I'm like, money, yeah. Johnny Football, <laughs> everything like that. Where's he? <laughs> you know? I think not he started his own. No, he's not. I think he. I think he started his own flag football league and. Yeah, but the and, point is, is like he was more, he was celebrating his success before he he yeah. had his success. I'm glad you won the Herman. I mean the Herman, the the Heisman, but you know, that's just the beginning. That's just like you know. So yes, that's exactly what we're saying. You know, and if you got if if kids, if you don't know who I'm talking about because it's a football player, look it up. But that's a good example of somebody that you know. Took, took right. his foot off the off the gas. All right, here we go. We're gonna do this. Oh, here. I wonder how much hate mail I'm gonna get over that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to do this right here, uh, Jimmy. You sent me your de your uh, your demo reel. I'm we're not gonna watch all the actions because uh, there's just too many amazing ones from this season. <laughs> uh, so so we can't put them all on here. But I I did sh did showcase a few that I thought that were really good. So first, I kind of want to walk through this one right here because this is a. This is a ball that comes floated in. It's his header, looping header. Now look at Jimmy's movement as he shuffles across, and it's that hand right across. I love it. That's that outside hand. I just want everyone to see this right here. Uh, Jimmy, why'd you include this? Other than it's just amazing. Um, I think I think it's just kind of one of those where it's like a ball like that, that looped ball. A lot of people will not necessarily give up on it, but it's so hard to pick up the flight, know where you are because mm -hmm. you're tracking first the cross and then it's just redirected in an awkward way. So you end up finding yourself in a little bit of two worlds. Um, 
And then obviously I think it showcases my ability to get a cross goal in an awkward mm-hmm. situation and, and obviously produce a save. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I love that save. It was against the Red Bulls MLS squad in the open cup. And it was, that was like five minutes into the game. And, and that kind of set the tone for, for how I wanted to perform for the day. Yeah. And I think what's great about this is, is I think you hit the nail on the head with a lot of people. One might dive too early might not take those extra use that extra footwork to get there and you know you'll see somebody make it maybe take a step back and try to project um, project themselves and that they're not going to get there you took those extra steps you you got across the goal you covered the ground you had to in order to make a save and then technically you use whatever hand you had to use to keep it out you know how i feel about that mike (laughs) i I never said Oh, it's a top hand, bottom hand, whatever. I don't care. Keep the ball out of the net. Great footwork, and you get the ball out of the net. Like, parents will be like, What's he supposed to use your top hand? I'm like, I don't care. The ball's not in the net. You know? You you, you know what I like, like, Jimmy, that you you included this in your reel is because, you know, not not every play's clean. You know, the game is messy. And, you know, sometimes we have to improvise in the moment based on a situation. Yeah, a lot of the time. So I think being able to showcase the fact that you're being able to find a successful action uh, in a in a difficult situation, I think, is really important for somebody to yeah, see from a scouting perspective. Yeah, it's great. Oh, I love. And it. you didn't even. And it wasn't even almost even a corner. No, did, did, you, <laughs> yeah. did you keep it in play? I he did at first. I think eventually it might have bounced out, but yeah. Yeah. Location, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, Japan. <laughs> hey, hey, Japan. <laughs> Don't bury the ball back in the six. <laughs> also, J- J- Jimmy, if you can find some uh, Japanese lineage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Um, so let's go on to this next one. Uh, this is not a college clip. Uh, it just happens to be played at IUPUI. Uh, mm-hmm. So kind of walk us through what's going on here, Jimmy, first to start with. So, first so off, for me, yeah, go ahead. First off, is he outside? <laughs> so, go ahead. Um, go ahead, Jimmy. So, so in these situations, for, for me, I'm, I am typically a guy that's going to play a little bit deeper because I trust my shot-stopping ability. That's, that's my strength. I know I'm going to produce saves. Um, and I trust my defenders, um, to be honest. I trust them to make plays. I trust them to recover. So, here, seeing them get beat, I decide, okay, this isn't a ball that I'm going to win. Whether he was offsides or not, he had a great jump on it. And for me, there were a couple times in my career where maybe I just stood at the 18 and waited for this to develop. Mm-hmm. Um, and this situation, and, and those situations I conceded because I ran out of real estate. In this situation, I drop off because one, it eliminates a, a floated ball over the top. There's no space. There's a lot less space in behind me. Um, I've now bought my center back time to recover in case he can, whether he does or not, that's up to him or up to the attacker. And now I've, I haven't given the attacker an answer. The second we give him an easy answer or we give him the solution by making this decision, the, the pressure's on us. It's not on him um, because the decision's straightforward. Now, once I drop in, now he says, okay, do I have to take a touch? Do I have to think him mm-hmm. one time? He has to start to think. The more you have to think, the more you're going to take time to process, the more likely you are to give me a solution on your own. Mm -hmm. So once he finally recovers the ball, okay, he takes his touch. I'm waiting. Okay, center back's not going to get there. I'm at a deep enough point. I decide, okay, my line of confrontation is probably 
two, three yards inside the 18, then I've got to decide to close. Can I get close enough where I can use the block or the spread? Maybe not, maybe. If I can't, can I hold my ground and be as big yet compact as possible? I think I took this one off the throat. Um, just because <laughs> I, just because what, I yeah. whatever works. <laughs> Look at this. Just, Look at this. You, oh. <laughs> just my belief was hold my shape as long as I can, cover as much space as I can, and and be in a position where I'm not sacrificing the easy route. If he's gonna beat me, make him beat me with a ball in the corner. Make him beat me with a worldie. I'm not going to give him the easy solution. Yeah. One thing I love about this, and for everybody who's 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 listening I to the audio, I have nothing at all to add. See, he's, a, first, he's a goalkeeper mind. For the goalkeeper first mind. time ever, I have nothing to add. <laughs> I'm like, uh, mic drop. I'm done. I mean, that was what a breakdown. What a breakdown right there. Just for the audio, just for but people. But it's who are everything I would have said that I like. How to deal with it dropping let your defense recover like making that forward having to make a decision you know how i feel about that staying compact staying big making them beat you not giving them the everything done boom bye i love it i love it um so guys it, it's a it's a flicked ball from like a, a little bit outside the circle uh over the top to the attacking player and there's chase by the defender defender doesn't get there in time so jimmy has to approach in, cover, and off the throat. There we go. But the, I think one of the best things about this is he he got he gives himself some depth. He he doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't get caught in no no man's land because people all those people that are driving right now for Thanksgiving you can listen. He doesn't get caught in no man's land. You don't stay at the penalty spot. You don't stay at the top of the eighteen with no real estate, like you said. You give yourself depth. That depth allows your de- defender to. That attacker knows that a defender's bearing down on him. So he does not have that much time to make a decision. But by giving depth, by dropping, you give that a little more time to evolve and a little more pressure on him. And and now he's flustered and he can't just, you know, you're not giving him an easy answer, just like you said. So I, I think if you didn't hadn't dropped dropped for depth right there, Jimmy, he would have attempted to try to chip you right there. That that's yeah. what I think he would have tried to do. Yeah, try to he lift it right over you. Mm-hmm. Boom. So I think this is this is absolutely brilliant. And one thing, just the last thing I want to say before we get into it. And the throat save is great. The last thing I want to say before we get into this right here, to the next clip right here, Jimmy, that I love that you said is you said you came out and you're like, and you saw how much ground can you cover? Can you get into an optimal position for a spread or a block? Probably not. So can I hold my ground? Thank you for bringing that part up mm-hmm. because I think, again, like many, many young goalkeepers don't understand just because you can spread and block doesn't mean that that is the opportunity to spread or block. You have to recognize how much real estate is still in front of you. Right. Um, And you know that Mike, I always say that, that young goalkeepers are using it in the wrong time all the mm -hmm. time. You're, you can't do a spread and block from when the players five yards, if not more away from you, it's useless. (laughs) This is uh this is from uh from uh, Sulaimane Kone and he goes I like how he closes up on him when the defender couldn't catch him that's intelligence goalkeeping IQ good read Jimmy uh, thank you thank you <laughs> so uh, Jimmy I assume that you already have uh Sulaimane's uh, Venmo right for that so uh, yeah uh, yeah yeah okay, I, okay. I paid him uh, <laughs> yesterday the second I knew I yeah <laughs> okay. 
Oh my gosh. All right. Uh, let's go. Let's, let's go to this clip. Uh, guys, uh, we'll start wrapping up cause I know it's Thanksgiving. I everybody's probably got family stuff that they got to do. So we'll, uh, we'll start wrapping this up here. Um, okay. So, uh, why don't you break down kind of what the, this, this play right here is, is going on here. Um, uh, should we play it through first? Boom. Clip ball. Look at this header. Oh, Matt nice. Turner right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for this one too, say, same idea. I mean, we talk about crosses and everything, and, and this is where we're starting to see more crosses in that narrow gap. Um, mm -hmm. Not really in that wide space, not always on the corner of the six or anything, but in that half space where it can be whipped in for shot, cross, floated service, whip, driven service, anything. Um, so at this point, again, because our, my back line is kind of set right around the six, I don't feel the need to be too high. Um, and again, my strength is shot stopping. My strength is my explosiveness and ability to react. So I'm going to play to my strength. I like to almost have my heels on the line. Jake and Mirza both were very big advocates for playing deep. As the ball travels, I realized, okay, not going to come out and claim. I'm going to drop back in. I'm going to sit deep. And I'm going to read the flight as much as possible. In this mm -hmm. situation, with the ball being floated and high, I don't feel the need to get into a low set because the point of contact is going to be high. If he heads it into the ground, I can still have a higher or mid-height set or I can attack into the floor. I can raise up to the bar. Whatever I have to do, I'll be able to adjust one way or the other, whether it be vertically up or down. Um, and then obviously once, once contact's made, being able to just go vertically is huge. The ability to find the flight and, and obviously the coordination to, to find my hand to the ball. Man, that's next level goalkeeping, dude. I never even thought about that part about the, about, about, about in regards to the set, about staying higher in the set uh, because you, because of based on the, the averages of when that ball is hit, where that ball is going to be going. Uh, wow. Um, man, my head's exploding. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I conceded a goal my, my first season um, against New Mexico on a back post service, and um, I was set too low, and I got beat high, and mm. I didn't want to let it happen again. Mirza did a good job beating that into me. So, wow. I, I love, you know, and for those that can't see the video right now, if you're just listening and stuff, I love how early you're getting into position here. We see a lot, you know, you've dropped, you've dropped deep. You're here. You're already there. The, the ball hasn't even landed yet. The header hasn't even happened yet. And you're already in position. You're already, your head is where the ball, the point of where the ball is going to be hit. And what I always try to say that, and it's hard to teach kids, don't follow the flight of the ball. You know, if you're, if you're going like this with the flight of the ball and the ball's hit, you're already a split second behind. You've no. assessed the situation. You've dropped in your hit. This is where the ball is going to land. I have it. I see, I, you know, even if he missed it or dummied it, you're still on point. So I'm just saying, like, you're there. You're there early. Your body position's good. You're nice and deep. And it allows you to get the um, the explosiveness to tip the ball. Now, I, I, I want to stress this for any young kids who, you know, who are listening or watching or anything like that. He, we don't mean that he's he starts moving and anticipating and just going and guessing. Mm -hmm. He reads the he reads the triggers and cues, and based on that and the shape of the body and 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 the set, he recognizes where that ball is going to go and he gets a step on that. He's not running across the goal. 
No. Um, I, I just I just want everyone to hear that. But it's also micro movements. He doesn't have to because you mm -hmm. weren't out of position in the first place. And if you're not out of position when the cross comes, what is that? Two steps for you and you're in position. You right. know, if if you're at a position too far near post or something, then you're scrambling and then you're having to take three steps, four steps to get across and get in position. But you're not. It's just it's two micro steps and boom, you're in position. That's it. Yeah. Oh, see, same here's thing. A there. Similar, here's a similar play. Similar play. Look yeah. at that. Look at the passion, too. I love it. Um, <laughs> and look at holding on to the ball right there. Just Suskia, a lot, a lot of goalkeepers lately we've been having are kind of like it's almost as if you've been training them, holding on to the ball, playing the balls in the good areas, not spreading, not spreading or blocking, not spreading or blocking. Maybe they're yeah. just all listening to the podcast. Maybe that's yeah. what it is. Maybe they're or just maybe I'm really podcast. flying all over the world and training goalkeepers behind your back. You just don't know it. <laughs> or they could be listening all, to your all at once. They could be listening to your break your the breakdowns that you did during the NWSL season. They could that's be doing right. that too. That's, yeah. They could be doing that too. Um, well, well, Jimmy, we don't want to keep you too long. We'll definitely have you back, though, man. I mean, please, you please. are a goalkeeper mind. I mean, you know, there there are you players blown, we have on mics today. Yeah. Dude, seriously. <laughs> I, you know, it's so funny because we have players on recent, we've had a few players on recently, young players on recently. And I'm like, man, you know, you, you know, when you get into coaching and Suskia's like, Hey, stop trying to strike. Str they're still trying to play. Give them a chance. Give them a chance. To well, play he, was eight, like, he was 18. He's just a kid. It's just a child. I'm like, let, the, let him have some fun, Mike. Like, <laughs> not that coaching isn't fun, but I was just like, he's 18. Oh my, oh like, my God. Oh my god! Um, uh, so, uh, Jimmy, before before we let you go, um, we we touched a little bit on on camps and uh, you know non roster you know invites to training camps and and those sorts of things. Do you have any advice for for players who go into those combines or go into a training camp? Because let's be honest with you, most of us, you know, unless you're a '99 World Cup winner like a Suskia Weber, you know, we go in as like an an, an, an you know a non rostered invite, or you know, we have to go to a combine to to, to receive an invitation or that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is, is obviously make the most of the opportunity, but you really only have to turn one head um, for a goalkeeper. It's not necessarily about making every save, but, or making the big save, but it's about being consistent, showing that you have a good foundation. If you can, if you can go in there and even if you don't have to make a top corner save, but you're conceding zero goals in the four games you play in the combine, someone's going to take note of that. Someone's going to look at that and be like, well, what did they do? Did, did they organize before that they, like, did they not even have to make any saves? Was that part of them? Was that their role? Were they cutting things out? Were they preventing? Were they defending space rather than defending the goal? And they didn't even have mm -hmm. to defend the goal. Um, I think there's a lot of nuances and there's a lot of strengths and weaknesses that, that can be displayed. You do not need to be the hero. Sometimes being the hero is making somebody else the hero by giving them the answers nice. and you protecting them. Um, you, yes, it's great to be the head turner. Um, Matt Turner's tags are all head turner. He turns heads, yes. But he also does all the little things really, really well. If you can show that you are consistent, you're confident, you're able to play out of the back and fill all the needs of a team, someone's going to look at you and you just need mm -hmm. one chance. You need one person to say yes. You need one person to offer you a contract. Then you do your work from there. Then you work yeah. towards your second one, then your third, mm -hmm. then your fourth. And hopefully they keep getting bigger in money, keep getting longer, bigger guarantees, and you keep on plugging along. But there's never a point where you can say, yeah, I'm satisfied. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Suska, anything you want to add to that? No, I just, you know, don't assume, you know, what, you know, what coaches are looking for. Um, do the little things. And, and like when I go and I look, you know, at ID camps and at, at combines or whatever, uh, it, it is, it's not about that person that's pulling that big save out of the upper 90. It's, it's, what about the person? Like, if you're not, if you're not having to work too hard, then maybe you're doing something amazing organizational wise. And maybe you are defending the space. Maybe you are doing things like there's a lot of factors that go in. It's not just the big save at all. Yeah. At all. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's a really great way to, to wrap this up right there, because I think that number one thing when it comes to goalkeepers, young goalkeepers is that, and you're hearing it from two seasoned pros right here, you know, and a guy with a microphone, you know, who plays seven <laughs> aside on Sundays is that don't try to showcase the big save, do all the little things, the more, the, the more effective, the easier you can make things look, the more likely you are to get an opportunity by the people that matter. That yeah. Is. yeah. Like I'll look at you making a big save and say, why did you have to make that save? Mm -hmm. Were yeah. you out of position? Did you not push your defenders up? Did you not tell them to pressure the ball? Like, why did you have to make that save? That's how mm -hmm. I look at it. Mm -hmm. If it's a great save, we'll give you credit. It's for a, it too, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's I'm, not a, I'm not a total bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, it's a great save. It's a great save. I'm not, I'm just saying. Every goalkeeper We're out picky. there. We're picky. <laughs> I'm like, God, I sound like a horrible human being sometimes. Oh my gosh. All right. I, I can't, I can't wait till you get back on the air next year with, the, with <laughs> watching too. all the teams, all the teams. Uh, well, uh, Jimmy, this has been awesome, man. Uh, everybody out there. We first off, we just want to say happy Thanksgiving to mm -hmm. everybody uh, over there who listens to inside the 18 and everybody in the union community, guys, if you've not joined the union yet, check it out. It's a free soccer community on all platforms. That is a smart link. It's fully interactive engagement forums. Uh, you can DM, you can post stuff. Uh, you can uh, watch exclusive videos, basically everything you can do on all the social medias, but it's completely geared towards us and our union. Uh, Jimmy, if anybody wants to reach out to you directly on the union, what is your handle on the union? Um, that's a good question. I think it's Jay Slayton 725. Oh, awesome. It's Jay Slayton 7 something, 73 or 725. <laughs> I, I should probably know that, but. Um, it's okay. I love talking to people, so I'm always happy to answer anything. Oh man, well we can keep it easier with uh with Suskia Weber. It's at Suskia Weber on the Union. Uh, it's at Michael Magid on the Union or at Goalkeeper Podcast on the Union. If you want to reach out to us on email, it's contact at inside the 18 mediacom If you have a guest suggestion or a topic suggestion, a lot of cool stuff planned on the Union, guys. Uh, we're excited to have people like yourself, Jimmy. Um, we can't mm -hmm. wait for you to start posting and start connecting with people. Um, you know, I know you said you know you're involved in some mentorship stuff, so uh, I think there's definitely some people out there who could who could use your mentorship. So we're excited. Yes. Uh, we're excited that you've uh, that you've come on board, uh, and uh, guys, I guess all I can say is happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. That's everybody. all the time <laughs> on the inside the eighteen, and we are out later, guys. Yeah.